Yes, sir. yes, sir. The man wanted to ride. What did he do? Swing down, sweet child. If you're feeling my vibe, then we can all just ride. If you want to get down, then we can all just ride. All my people, throw your hands up high and just ride. Where you're from, east side to west side, just ride. All my people from uptown to downtown. From Cali to NY, you know we all. From the floor to Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Yeah, pretty good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay, man. How's, how's the weekend going? Yeah, it was good. Um, good weekend for fights, um, football, even some baseball here. Um, I don't know if you kept up, but um, your um, Toronto Blue Jays are in the playoffs again. Um, kind of okay. weird circumstances. Kind of a real asterisk season going on in baseball, but... Uh, the Jays got a really young team, and this is actually be good for them. You know, it's okay. it's like yeah, it might it's like yeah, it might be a joke of a season, but not for these guys. You know what I mean? Like they'll be able to play in meaningful games, and um, it's all you can ask for. And it's pretty cool. Like the Blue Jays have three second generation players. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. Vlad, um, right? Vladimir Guerrero, Vlad Junior, Biggio, and Bichette. And okay. well, Biggio would have been a Hall of Famer as well. So two Hall of Fame, so two kids would have had Hall of Fame dads, and the third one, who's probably the best of them, who probably doesn't have a Hall of Fame dad, but pretty good player in his own right. It's okay. just pretty cool, right? I mean, like you and I are wrestling fans, and like they make a big deal about that when it's like, oh, second. <laughs> it's like evolution. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it's, well, it's Vince is a big cool. fan of that. Vince loves that. Vince is a good big fan of that, but it, I think it resonates with everyone, especially when you're only a generation removed. Because the thing about these ball players is they kind of, you know, they had they, they had kids pretty young. I mean, you know, um, like their mid twenties type of thing, right? So it's it's crazy how some of these ball players are only like. What, five years out of retirement next thing you know their kids are like already in like developmental and then they hit, pretty much by the time you start f- maybe slightly forgetting about their dads like their their kids are popping up right so um that's pretty cool to see that's cool man um weekend here like so since we recorded a few weeks back i mean we yeah we, re- we pre-record then we post it was the orange sky so for the past week week and a half it's just been blue skies um so it's been great to get outside. I've been running every day. I got some oh, weights here so that if I'm on a work call where I don't have to say that much, I have the mm-hmm. camera off and I'm just like lifting, but in front of the computer, that's all I'm doing. Like, like I'm in prison. It's just, um, it's just crazy, right? How like it was, it was, it was just poor forest management that was the reason for all that, right? I mean, nothing environmental. Oh, the fire. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's been always. I'm kind of getting familiar I'm, with the I'm, different I'm, local politics, I'm making, but I'm making a joke, of course. There's someone okay. in pretty, someone in pretty high office that just said, "Oh yeah, everything's oh, okay. happening in the world is just, you know, it's just forest management. Um, it's nothing, nothing there, to see here, folks." Yeah, well, without getting too far into the weeds, like the state government in general, like it's just depending who you ask around here, they could do better. Everything from the utilities to okay, the different stuff. So it's that was. I didn't follow it close. I know what you would be getting at. It just it sounds kind of paranormal for what you'd expect, but um, it's not entirely black and white. Because when you kind of just spend some time around, you're like, okay, I, I kind of get why there is a number of people who are leaving the state heading to like Texas and mm-hmm. um, Washington, other states. But I mean, I like it. Like you're walking outside, it's like, okay, this is why people come to California. It's just perfect weather. It feels nice. Yeah. And at the end of September, well, I think in Toronto, I think we're going to be feeling a little chilly right now. I'm not sure, but 
Um, no, I don't know, but um, it was, uh, it's been good. Like you just, there's a good vibe. People feel better. You can see the air is better. People are, I mean, they're wearing masks, but just mm -hmm. the vibe. So I, I went to go catch up with a friend of mine who he, he's a classmate from college back in Canada. And he also had moved down here for work. So uh, we got to reconnect since I moved out here and he's actually leaving the Bay area soon. Shout out, Brian. He's going to get okay. to Austin, Texas. So um, he's looking forward to that move. Well, it's an exciting um, time in um, California as well. Uh, shout out to your buddy. But um, the Hall of Fame UFC fighter, Tito Ortiz, is running for government in Huntington Beach, California. Okay. And, oh, uh, no way. Okay, okay. Yeah. He's, That's right. Um, he's from Huntington Beach. Okay. He, he's a real wordsmith. There's all sorts of uh, just... <laughs> gag videos out there i mean i mean tito's great because he'll say stuff like you know it's great to be in uh it's great to be in las vegas california um i've been okay. i've been to mumbai indiana um you know okay. my name's tito ortiz and i've always i've always felt it's go hard and go home i mean this guy just has such mastery of the english language it's going to be great <laughs> seeing him uh run for office Tito Ortiz. His run was the mid two thousands. You think was it uh, mid, early mid to late? two thousand? Early two uh, thousands. Pretty, okay. pretty much early two thousands. And you know what? It's it's funny because you know you shit on a guy like Tito because you know for whatever reason, right? I mean, the guy's politically what he is and the things he said now. But I obviously have the utmost respect for him, and will always support these guys, especially the guys that really made the UFC sure. and got yeah. and got and got paid you know, dick all for, for their contributions. And it's so sad because, you know, and, and like in wrestling too, you'll see the, you'll see these eighties wrestlers and kind of these, you know, early two thousands UFC fighters, just, you know, they need like a transfusion or some sign of some kind yeah, of, and you know, they just have these GoFundMe pages and here's Dana white, like, like, fuck man, pick up the phone, pick up the check, do something. Um, it's just really hard to see. And um, um, so Tito is definitely a guy that, you know, really did build a sport. I mean, it's everything's basically you don't get to Conor McGregor and For sure. and, yeah. and Floyd Mayweather yeah. without Tito and Chuck, Tito and Randy, um, Tito and Shamrock. Uh, yeah. You know, Tito Ortiz had to have he was absolutely a trailblazer. So. Um, you yeah yeah okay i mean you you see that in the nba where like there's particular attention over the years get increasingly being paid to the to the the, the retired players like yeah, in the yeah. older generations because a lot of them basically were like what you described right they would play but they would play they would do another job they, it wasn't mm -hmm. like they were making lots of tons of money i mean they were yeah. basically doing jobs like we would i mean i probably have friends who might have made as much or more than them depending on Yep. what kind of team what kind of role they were and they may have medical bills and stuff so it's good like there's different funds being set up by the players association by the nba to sort of address yeah. all that stuff so that that's good mm -hmm. um absolutely so we're gonna continue on with our series oh by the way everybody bayheightspot at gmail.com you can reach us uh you can email us there you can reach us on twitter and instagram at bayheightspod they can uh, let us know <laughs> we saw that there was a good amount of people following the the shooting stars installment we did on the 2016 Cavs because um, our goal there was to really just pick out different series, different championships where they kind of stand the test of time. They kind of 
get mentioned, get remembered, because not every year does, which is really interesting why that's the case, right? But, you know, for whatever reason, I think there's a whole science on how memory works. But what uh, we want to cover today is the 2011 Mavs when they beat the Miami Heat. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with a little bit of a backstory and then just, yeah, jump in if you've got any thoughts or any little add-ons, if you think that there's little nuggets to, to include, mm-hmm. right? Now, in terms of the backstory that leads up to the 2011 um, championship they had, the, the Mavs were a good team in the 2000s since Mark Cuban jumped in there. And, and it's funny that they actually have a history that goes well into the 80s, which I just, you never hear them talk about this stuff. But he was um, starting with 2006 when they actually played the Heat in the finals that year. The Mavs were up 2-0. The Mavs were actually even leading in the in game three in the fourth quarter. And then the Heat just make this remarkable comeback. And then they basically take over and win the next win that game and the next three games after that, which was epic. Um, uh, just do you have any uh, memories or thoughts on that before I go on? Yeah, because that's I remember that was uh, we got it's funny in 2020 we have kind of buttoned up Mark Cuban. He has a TV persona still, but uh, yeah. I think the volume's been turned down on Mark Cuban ever since. Yeah. He's more, way more, um, how should I say, uh, philanthropic, probably saying that wrong. Um, just, you know, he's really trying to be this humanitarian of the year where back then he just wanted to make, you know, he loved paying those NBA fines and just <laughs> whatever, whatever clickbait he could get. And I remember it was very much conspiracy theory Mark Cuban back then because <laughs> – you know, even though the format was two, three, two going into that, and it was um, every year prior to that, um, he felt a specific need to say that the fix was in. Kind of when that <laughs> was over, and I, I believe when it was happening, he may have gotten fine. I might be getting my chronology wrong, but the point is that he wasn't shy about who he thought the NBA really wanted to win that series. I mean, we talk about that 06 <laughs> Miami Heat with all okay. the names they had. And it was, just, I mean, Mark Cuban was probably the biggest star on that 2006 uh, Mavericks <laughs> team. It's ridiculous. Okay. Right. Uh, so yeah, I remember that series just kind of being, you know, Mark Cuban, just kind of going into business for himself. Yeah. He, I mean, he racked up the fines early on. He was also sitting on the bench with the players and that was part of his gimmick. And it was part of a track, like him becoming likable to the average Joe fan. Mm-hmm. I think over time he kind of got informed that, Hey, like you being on the bench makes people uncomfortable. So maybe you got to kind of yeah. step away a bit. And then also he grew up, he gave him a dad, and, you know, like yeah. his kids are older and he just, you know, we all just change as we get older. Mm-hmm. I think like when I understand Jerry Buss was a bit like that when he was much younger and then he got old. Um, so the question, just if the Ma- if the Mavs had actually won in 2006, you know, because they could have. I mean, they were up and they were really yeah. good. You think yeah. that LeBron and Bosh still hit to Miami? Uh, I think Wade stays in Miami no matter what. But uh, you think LeBron and Bosh would head there? Like at that point, then you would have had this I, Miami team I, that wasn't I, I really, really proven, that never won, and Wade I who really, never won. I really thought that, except for Dwayne Wade, that, that championship just didn't resonate. It was – like 2006 was kind of a bubble and then okay. the big three was like always meant to happen. Of course, okay, like the way okay. you spell it out, but I, I really do think the big three would have happened and the, the, the championship had no, my, no role. Basically it wouldn't I, have mattered. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you may be right there. I think it was just an interesting thought that just went through my head. Um, so that was 2006. Maz were distraught. They were furious. They, they thought there were some calls that went against them. Whatever. My view is they choked. Um, um, 
No, it's interesting. I mean, I say that only in retrospect because I was living in China. I remember I was in Shanghai at a, a bar with a guy who had become my manager and we just happened to catch, oh, the Eaton Mavs just won. And I think it left this impression. I'm like, wow, we're watching live NBA game in Shanghai. It's in the middle of the day. Like it's a different, it's, it's a different time zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, well, that like the fact that I'm sounding amazed now, I think anybody who's listening will be like, well, why not? They show this stuff all the time. Yeah, but this was 2006 and we didn't even have smartphones at that time. So I think I was kind of amazed at that. I didn't quite expect that that was going to yeah. happen. Um, uh, a little, just a little quick side note, this unrelated, just when I was thinking about basketball in China and Derek Rose, I always just, when I think of him, part of me always remembers when I was in Shanghai in 2013 for a school trip, um, or it's 2012. And there was this huge billboard of Derek Rose and, you know, the, oh, really? the all in slogan in, mm. um, but it was in Mandarin um, for Adidas. It was just this giant right over in the middle of the real central area of Shanghai. So whenever people would talk about Derek Rose and his um, the affinity that the, the fan base that he has, there's a particular loyalty for him. Like it kind of always resonated. Like I wasn't quite aware, but it kind of makes sense given their style of play. But, I, I, I picture him being like, you know, kind of like if if he ever did the Stefan Marbury thing, he'd be really well liked. Okay. What what kind yeah. of nickname would he have gotten there? I'll look it up. I'll look it up and uh, message you later because I'm sure he already has a nickname. Like because they have their mm. own broadcasters in Mandarin when they give when they call the games. So gotcha. he probably already has one. Um, so going into the next few years with the Mavs, they enter a bit of a dark period, right? So in 2007, the Mavs have a really good year. Dirk wins the MVP, and then they get swept in the round in the first round yeah. by the We Believe Warriors. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an unfortunate matchup. They, I think they actually lost all their regular season games to the Warriors too, which was, this was Don Nelson who had gone from the Mavericks to the Warriors, um, mm-hmm. the coach. Just question there. Do, do you think that if they somehow got past the Warriors, this really unfortunate matchup for them, that they would have beaten like the Jazz, the Suns, the Spurs, whatever combination to get to the finals and face those Cavs? Ooh. Because they had Dirk, yeah. MVP, Prime Dirk, a really good uh, Dallas team. Yeah, it's possible. I, I didn't Dirk get his MVP like the day after he got swept yep. too. It was yep. really he already got time. swept. Oh, oh man! Time. Yeah. First of all, I hate, I hate that take. Oh, wait till the end of the season before handing out MVP. I can't stand that number one. But uh, <laughs> like, like Dirk was the best player that year. Like he absolutely deserved that MVP. Um, it's a good question, Jason. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. Yeah. Just what the thing what they could do about the MVP, by the way, get rid of that award show because I don't think that that's great. I think what they could do is just hand that stuff out in round, in game one. Yeah. Like you're at the home. It's going to go to someone who's on a home team. I'm sure they – I don't know what the processes would be, like why they're having to wait several games. But you can change those processes and figure out how to optimize them and get the results out by game one. I'm pretty sure you can do that. So um, – Anyway, it'd be kind of interesting to see like what kind of effect they would have on play. Like, do guys get more amped up because they got mm-hmm. the reward before the series? But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so going into the next year, so so it was they lost there. Then it heads into this dark period where they weren't really as big a contender. The narrative had switched around. Like, you had the big three in Boston rising up. You had the Cleveland Cavs who had just got to the finals. People thought, okay, now this is LeBron finally arriving. You had the emergence of Dwight. You had the Lakers and Powell coming out of nowhere. The Spurs and Suns were already strong. So I think attention was going away from the Mavs. And so in 2008, the thing is the seeds were being laid for this. In 2008, Jason Kidd is traded to the Mavs for like after that VC Jason Kidd uh, RJ experiment in New Jersey didn't work out. Mm-hmm. For for Devin Harrison, two round picks, two first round picks. You know, I was actually a little 
curious that when, when there was all these rumors that Jason Kidd wanted out, I'm like, well, that's funny because Vince just got there like a few years ago. And like, um, what's that like when you tell your star teammates, yeah, you know what, this sucks, I'm going to leave. Like, I don't know. I just, I was, it always stuck with me because I was the first time I was really kind of processing how this works um, for some reason. Like, I didn't understand well, the business machinations. He, he had been to a finals without Vince, yeah. Jason Kidd, I'm talking about. So, Listen, we'll we'll get. You know, to, it made sense. Sure, it made sense. Yeah, I'm sure. Listen, we'll do a we'll do a podcast on on Vince Carter one day. I'm, okay. I know we will, but uh, yeah, I I don't blame Kid for that one. I've kind no, of, sure, sure. I just mm-hmm. it's like yeah, it just it was interesting. You never hear any conversations. What was that like when Vince? You know, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. Um, then in that off season two, Mark Cuban actually tried to sign Kevin Garnett. You remember that when he was traded to Boston, no. he signed his contract after. But you know. I don't know to the extent of when he says tries to sign, like how far along they were. Um, I'll bring up Cuban with free agents later on as we talk. The They, again, in 2008, were eliminated in the first round by the New Orleans Hornets, which was led by Chris Paul. That was a 4-1 series, so it was no good. Then, which, by the way, Chris Paul's time in New Orleans is just kind of forgotten, and he was really good there. It's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, 2009, the Mavs were sixth seed. They managed to upset the... The Spurs were third seed for one round one, but then they lose to the Denver Nuggets with Carmelo and Chauncey in round two. That was the year that uh, they had a good, uh, the Nuggets had a good run against the Lakers before they mm-hmm. ultimately lost. Um, so as you can see, like this, these kinds of disappointments for the Mavs uh, were setting in. It just kind of, we weren't really seeing that they were going to be a real championship contender, but they were going to be a good team. So then in 2010, they again lose in round one. Well, to San Antonio, 4-1. They won the division, but somehow lost to the Spurs. So anyway, um, it's kind of interesting. So what happened in that year, notable transactions, Sean Marion and Karan Butler joined the team from the Raptors mm-hmm. and the Wizards and Deshaun Stevenson. Um, do you remember Deshaun Stevenson? No, but I saw okay. him a, bu- a bunch of the highlights making these all these shots. I'm like, how do I not remember this guy? Do you remember the – you don't remember the beef he had with LeBron? <laughs> no, tell me about it. Okay, so um, – Karan Butler, Deshaun Stevenson with the Wizards. If you remember, like the Cavs and the Wizards faced in the playoffs, and Deshaun called LeBron overrated. So then <laughs> LeBron, who was friends with Jay Z, he made a comment like, "Comparing me to Deshaun is like comparing Jay Z to um, was it Soldier Boy? I, I can't remember exactly who he oh, said." Thank God you said that because I because Jay Z was not too many years removed from his beef with Nas and. If he said Nas, I would have killed. Like I, 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 I was stopping a fan. So he, he well, yeah, so, he he picked the right rapper. But then what happened was Deshaun brought that other rapper took offense to what LeBron said. So, so then he started showing up to Wizards games with Deshaun to back up Deshaun. <laughs> oh god! And then and then in the middle of the series when the Cavs were in DC because they're and they were winning obviously because I don't think the Wizards ever beat the Cavs. Then they're in the club and Jay Z gets up on stage and then he starts dissing all the Wizards calling them bitches and everything. Wow. And this is a, a DC club where the Wizards kind of go to. So Karan Butler's there with his wife and he is super offended like to the, the promoter. Like, why are you letting all these guys, this is our city where we yeah. come here all the time. Like, why are you letting them get up there? So he never, he was upset about that. Wow. Um, so this was part of the storyline in that series. So anyway, that's, that's Deshaun. That's hilarious. So that was Deshaun who was the alleged LeBron stopper, which mm-hmm. didn't really work in Washington, but mm-hmm. You could kind of argue maybe it did work, which we'll get to uh, later. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lose, 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 round one, 
round two, round one. I mean, they just weren't really doing it. I actually remember Leo Routens at one point in a rep, like when the Mavs were in Toronto for a road game. He just kind of made a comment somewhere in the, you know, you know, like they just talk in the middle of the game that he thought that, yeah, I think the windows kind of close and it just, there's sometimes there's scar tissue with teams that after they've mm-hmm. suffered some traumatic losses, you just can't get past it. And I think it's time mm-hmm. to blow it up. And I always stuck with me. And then, and then it's sort of, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. They should just sort of, they should have just uh, let that team just trade them all, just blow it up. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, Leo, Leo knows what he's talking about. I didn't start to hate him until later. And then mm-hmm. it might have actually been in the 2011 year. I don't actually know, but I know it was roughly around that time when I nobody was buying them as a championship contender. So now you saw that over the past three. So anyway, that was that's Leo. Um, I was always kind of curious because they kept getting veterans on their team through trades and some yeah. acquisitions. And I liked it. I'm like, yeah, it looks great. Like, and I didn't quite process that. Okay, well, they're not star players. Like, this is, I guess, my my understanding of how the the the, the stratagems were going to work it wasn't quite there yet. Um, but you could see the groundwork here. And in, in back in consecutive years, you're getting Jason Kidd. You're getting Deshaun Stevenson, Karan Butler, Sean Marion, which, by the way, it's Sean Marion, right, from the Raptors. It was a trade for, I forget who we got. It was like Devin George and Antoine Wright. Yeah. Mm. So that, that was Colangelo and peak degenerative gambler mode. Like, the, it was. Well, yeah, to, be, to, to be fair, I, mean, I, I remember Marion as a Raptor and. You know what were we gonna do? Hang on to him for what? No, I mean, but that was the thing. Like the way they got Sean Marion too was they sent Jermaine O'Neal down to Miami to grab uh, yeah. Sean Marion and um, who was the other dude? Uh, two players. Yeah, it was some other guy. I forget his name. So it was just that might have. I think I still kept believing that Calandro had uh, something up his sleeve, and then finally when the trade was for Leandro Barbosa, I was like, all right, this yeah, this is mm-hmm. it. This is basically someone who is trading down from the house can i, to the red can, I can i just club. can i ask you a question because i'm yeah the, when i think of the dallas mavericks okay i i don't think their championship was by design i mean these guys there's no way that they've ever yeah mark Cuban's well, like it was owner. a three-year plan and he knows it no like no, no, it's no, no, no. okay okay because i'm just saying groundwork. these were the seeds yeah like this is yeah like, when i say great. the groundwork like it led to that like you could see how it doesn't stuff just doesn't happen in a year. Like when the media like goes like, well, you know, the Clippers didn't win this year. I'm like, okay, well, it's one year. And it's like, you can't win every single year. They're like, well, mm. it didn't work. I'm like, well, it got to round two, right? I mean, maybe that's a disappointment because you think they would have got to the conference finals. Okay. But you mentioned about how people, if there's anybody who thinks that Boston should blow it up, it's like, okay, well, like, I mean, there's only two teams that are going to make the finals, right? And they got to the final four teams. So, mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I was going. Now, the 2010 and 2011 season here, right? This is the pivotal season. So they secured Tyson Chandler from Charlotte. They traded Derek Dampier. They had signed, uh, they whether signed or re-signed, like Dirk, um, who was Haywood? Uh, Brendan Haywood, Corey Brewer, and also Peja. If you remember, Peja refused to play for Toronto. Came from Toronto and refused to play. Um, so uh, he played. To, he, he he played for Toronto. Uh, so I oh. actually went to a game. I actually went to a game. So he. So what happened was he. Um, he just wasn't used, and he was really upset. He was initially. Uh, initially, he. I remember the thing was well. He initially will be released or whatever, but not that he did. Mm-hmm. You're right. He did play, but he was. He didn't want to. He didn't want to be in Toronto. Um, he did not want to be in Toronto because he he knew what his role would be, and he was like, it, "It's funny you mention that because." What I remember from that, um, so 
going back to Toronto, yes, he 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 wanted out of Toronto. But I remember as well, one of the things I remember distinctly was <clears throat> when I think it was even, you know, the Western Conference Finals where I, Rick Carlisle or someone just said, look, this is our playoff rush. We're only running nine. And sorry, Paige, you're <laughs> out type of thing. Like, okay. can, can you imagine there's like a whole bunch of games still left and your coach <laughs> is saying like there is zero chance of you playing? Like that was just I couldn't believe it. I mean, he still gets a ring. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, he's the only Serbian ever to win a ring, but it's still, it was, it was just crazy. So, okay. He, uh, I mean, I, Toronto just had no chance to, I think that the key difference, at least with the Mavs and the Raptors is like the Raptors were not going to the conference finals, let alone the finals. And he want, he was yeah. older in his career and he wanted a chance to actually play for a championship. Yeah. That was going to be his window closing. Yeah. Um, little anecdote, Paul Pierce, when he was lured into the Clippers by Doc Rivers, he thought he was going to have a certain role, but then as the season went on, he just he was on the bench like so that was it and he just like yeah. didn't it was not the way he envisioned finishing his, finishing his career that's why i was mm-hmm. so when draymond he was talking trash to paul he's like you thought you were gonna get the parade or sorry the victory tour like kobe you're not kobe you ain't kobe so wow yeah <laughs> draymond um i don't know draymond's the heel that's gonna turn face uh so 2011 is pretty much a face now yeah yeah i guess you're right he's there he's turned um 2011 season Mavs, they actually secured the third seed in the West, 57 wins, which is still behind the Spurs in the division. God, could you imagine? You keep playing your heart out every yeah. year and you keep – I mean, some years they beat the Spurs, but imagine how good you have to keep being all the time just to be against this other team in your division. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so it's a little interesting thing. They actually beat the Mavs – sorry, they beat Mavs beat the Heat both regular season games. So, I mean, that's a bit of an interesting precursor. Um, the – the the Heat and the Lakers, I only mentioned this part. We won't go too deep into it because I think we're going to cover the Heat in another podcast. But the, this was their first season of the Heat. The Lakers were had already won back-to-back championships going for their three-peat. So, yeah, I think this was a year that we had hoped that we were going to see Heat-Lakers and we're going to see Kobe-LeBron face mm-hmm. off in, in like even relatively competitive series because both teams would have been really good. Um, and then, well, it didn't work out that way, but... Just thought I'd mention that just to give context. This was a Heat team that, even though they had the best record in the NBA at 58 wins, they, for whatever reason, kept losing two strong teams like Boston, Chicago, yeah, um, and stuff like that. So then, okay, we get to the playoffs. Just a little bit of context, a little fresh from memory here. Some injuries that set of set in. Karan Butler had been injured in January, so he missed like the entire rest of the season, including the playoffs. So he wasn't even part of the, the whole run. Dirk tears a tendon in his left middle finger in game one of the finals. So he's playing with this injured finger in his left hand. Brendan Haywood misses game three in the finals because of a hip injury. So he's barely playing game four. So there, there's that context happening to the cat, the Mavs, who everyone believes that the Heat were just going to win, right? Like they had LeBron, they had Wade, they had Bosch. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a weird year because I don't know if you remember this because I didn't until I looked it up. So, okay, first, okay. The Mavs have their, have their run, right? They beat the Blazers 4-2 in round one. They were third seed, six seed. The Mavs then sweep the Lakers 4-0 in the second in the second round. So that was super shocking. And I feel like there's a lot of stories out of that Lakers team we haven't heard that we would have thought would have come up by now. I'll always remember just Andrew Bynum doing that elbow at J.J. Barea, that layup, if you remember that. Um, I don't. But, but okay. one narrative, it was, the one narrative yeah. I knew about was that 
all of a sudden Lamar Odom just fell off the face of the planet because the Kardashians ruined another athlete's career. So I never um, now whether um, I don't know if, I don't know if they were dating at that time, but I I always blame. So I just love they they were dating. I just but there was a lot of other a lot of other stuff happening with Lamar Odom in that time I, of his life. I understand, but trade, I, still, so. I still like to chuck up the Kardashians to ruining athletes' careers. It, it, it helps me sleep <laughs> at night. It is just, I, just, God, get them away from all these premier <laughs> athletes. <laughs> um, and then in the and then the conference finals, the Mavs beat OKC 4-1 in, in the conference finals. What's also weird, if you notice what that conference finals was, the OKC was a fourth seed. So you had a three and a four facing the conference finals. What happened was... The Spurs lost in round one to the Grizzlies 4-2. They lost mm-hmm. in the first round somehow. They were the first seed. They were number one seed. And then the Lakers got swept by the Mavs. So that's what happened in the Western Conference. So who was who was on that OKC team? Was was all the you know was, yeah, was all, the, expect. all the all the A-listers yeah. were there, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was still there. It was it was still Russ Katie, all that. Um Sir. I don't know who was a rookie. Yeah, um, was Perk on that team? I think Perk was now on that team. That's right, because mm-hmm. um, because the Lakers had played Boston the year prior. And yeah, and he would have been on that team. He was no, no. He had already been traded away from. Sorry, no, no, no. He was he was injured. He didn't play on that on that uh, in that finals. So that's why what happened was going into that in the th- third year, like the, the Boston Celtics always trumpeted our starting five with Perk has never lost a series. Mm. Like that's, that's what they were when they have like the full five. Because what happened was in the year after Kevin Garnett was injured through the playoffs, so he couldn't play. So they're always saying, never Ra- lost a series. So. Yeah. And Rashid Wallace had to start in the seventh game, which they oh, always right. they always say that's the reason why they didn't win as well, right? Because you had washed up oh. Rashid. Who, oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, finals, a um, little bit of interesting points just to review how the games were. So, the, the Mavs, they were the seventh team in NBA history to fall behind the series twice, like fall behind 1-0 and then 2-1, and then still win the title, and the first to do mm. it in six games instead of seven. So, wow. quick points. Game one, the Heat dominated it. They win. They're feeling themselves. So, in game two, they're also up by like 15 or 13 points in game two in the fourth quarter, and you see Wade hits his three-point shot, and then LeBron and him are celebrating like, they're, they're winning this game um and then the, the the Mavs come back and then still somehow they they win it Dirk hits the final layup and they they win that game so it's tied 1-1 game three Dirk missed a fadeaway jumper to force OT I forgot these kind of last um yeah these last kind of uh second plays to potentially win or tie the game it's so funny how our memory fades like that you just remember the results you remember like how different things happen but you forget the sequence so like Dirk misses and then LeBron goes up 2-1. Then you have Deshaun and Jason Terry trash-talking LeBron. LeBron Deshaun's mm-hmm. just saying, well, he's got to do this for seven games. Well, actually, didn't get to seven games. So you have Deshaun, who's, you know, one of those irrational confidence guys. Now, game <laughs> four was the interesting one where LeBron just fades away. And I've been watching clips, and it just, because I knew yeah. the, the folklore of LeBron is, well, he choked. It stuck with him for years about him choking. And people maybe refer to Boston sometimes, like was that that one semifinals match um, in Game Seven when he, or whichever year it was, maybe Game Five or so, where he was kind of absent and always passing it off, and there was all those rumors about why he was leaving. But when it got to the finals, this is the one that just burns into people's memory because it's the finals and it's the final show, and 
it just he just faded away and it was just evident he kept passing off shots kept just being really passive and the final play of the game somehow the, the heat are down three the inbound the ball and, and wade fumbles it and i was really impressed with how wade actually dove for the ball before it got to a backcourt gets it up to mike miller who airballs it but anyway, yeah that sequence of events is really interesting how the chain of events can happen because if he hits that or if he doesn't fumble that ball like they can probably tie it I mean, the Heat were the stronger team. So if they go up 3 1, uh, I don't know if this Mavs team actually uh, would. This uh, this Mavs team would actually. Um, sorry, just begin to pull it off. Yeah. We just, we just had a little bit of a tremor earthquake here. Um, Are you Yeah, yeah. I felt everything shake. It, ha- it actually happens periodically. Oh, shit. Yeah. So anyway, here you are, like, here you are, like, selling me on, on California. And then it's like, nope, I'm, I'm good here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, um, so then, um, what was I going to say about? Uh, yeah, well, so you're then, saying you're LeBron, saying you you don't know if, if Mavs would have able been able well, to come yeah, back. Well, I think so, man. Coming, there's only a, there's only in the finals that had never been done before. That's for sure. And then yeah. before that, it had been hap- it happened like ten times, nine times. So. Not likely, not likely, not with this team, which was like a hard scrabble team that's going up against the favorite. And it was like that last play of the game, like I just, uh, it's hard to excuse it. LeBron is just sort of absent. He's he's not clamoring for the ball. Like, I don't know if it's a misjudgment or miscommunication, like it's, or it's just Spo knows that Wade is more clutch and he knows that Wade was gonna, the guy to go to in that time, which was true at that time. We all won. There was a narrative around the ball. Like, can he really be the guy in the final few seconds of the game? And we didn't really believe it. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. The um, you know what? Continue, and then we'll kind yeah. of have a postmortem sure. on LeBron's legacy. Yeah, because I have a whole thing at the, at the yeah. Back okay. Talk about different legacies. Mm-hmm. So, game five, Jason Terry just lights up the Mavs, goes on a lead, like, just in the, to, to the win the game, he goes on, like, he basically is instrumental leading, like, a 15-3 run, wins the game. Yeah. That's game five. Game six, Mavs just decisively win, and then the rest, that's it. They become champions. A um, few little tidbits that happened during that finals. Wade and LeBron, if you remember which game it was, where they walk into the arena, like, coughing, kind of mock like coughing, like as if they're pretending sick, they're making fun of Dirk, <laughs> who was said, Do you oh, remember I, that? No, I just, they were just That's amping weird. up their heel. They were just buying mm. fully into their heel persona. And the media was just eating it up. Um, it was a precursor for a media that didn't know what was being worked like years yeah. later. Um, and it's funny, like you think about it, like there's no way a player who potentially is sick is ever going to get to see the court, not for a long time. <laughs> That just yeah, they're not gonna let that guy yeah. play for a right? long time. Um, and um, okay, so I, I had some open questions. Um, do you have before I dive into it? Do you have any? Just uh, uh, were you shocked by the? Uh, yeah, question. Like going into that finals, like wh- what did you think? Did you think Miami was just gonna take it? I mean, because I kind of did. Yeah, I was I was fully in, you know, F Miami and <laughs> okay. you know, these yeah. guys can just like yeah, I was you know, th- this was this was uh prime heel Ryan Viegas just, you know, shitting on like, oh, look at LeBron James just think he can, you know, um, you know, seduce two guys and form a super team and you know, like he's just going to have <laughs> his way. No, like I was 
I was totally cheering against them. So when when they lost, when Miami lost, and that's how I thought. I said, "Oh yes, Miami, you blew it. You lost." I probably <laughs> I probably gave no credit to Dirk, even though I was cheering for him. But I never gave them their props. I was just so I was just so happy for Miami loss. Hmm. And it was just, you know, because I was I was of the opinion that, you know, I was an MJ guy. I was even a Kobe guy. And I just wasn't a LeBron guy. So anything that could help my worldview at that point, which was anti-LeBron, I was for. So I unfortunately at the time I could not you know, contextualize what was going on. And yeah, I did call LeBron a choker and all these things. Like I was, I was that, which would have been fair. He was a choker. Like to that point. Yeah. I I have a different, I have a different take on that, but, um, but at that time, no, I I did not, you know, it's, it's basically taking me 10 years and, 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 and probably, and probably when LeBron is actually retired and who knows how many chips he's going to have. And, all yeah. these records, it's probably going to take me a couple of years to even go back to this series and just really give it um, a, pr- a proper grading, I suppose, and and what what terms I would give to LeBron, what kind of performance was okay. that? I mm-hmm. understand. I'll ask you a bit more in a, in a bit when we get to LeBron um, on this point. Um, so, from my angle, I was uh, so I was watching it closely. I was living. This was like uh, prime Jason. I'm like I'm I'm doing okay in my career i'm kind of move i'm i'm moving ahead i'm living on my own i'm living downtown i have a good life so then i'm i'm actually on a business trip heading down to the states i'm actually heading to atlanta for just business and it's sunday night that's when this this mass game was and i'm stuck at pearson airport it is june july there's no snow there's no reason there was no weather in, increment inclement weather um and I'm like, the plan was I was going to arrive maybe an hour or two before tip off. And me and my director, we were going to find some sports bar and watch the game in Atlanta. And he'd gone down ahead. He'd driven down. And I'm still in Toronto at Pearson Airport. And I'm like thinking, I'm going to get there partway through the game, partway through the game. And it's like, I got to a point where um, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm messaging another friend who's messaging me updates with the game. We didn't have, didn't have, I didn't have a league pass. It wasn't smartphones. were not at what they are now where you just mm-hmm. get real time stuff. So he's just telling me what's going on. I'm like, so that's my memory of game six really. Oh, okay. Even if I see highlights. So being at Pearson, um, it's an interesting thing because we clear customs to the U S through Pearson. You're waiting to get on. But then because we, they tell us you're actually, the, the flight's been canceled now. So you're going to go tomorrow. What oh, that means wow. is you actually go clear Canadian customs again to enter Canada and then really? stay at like airport, hotel. Yeah, because you're still going through that same, that same I chain, right? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning we clear U.S. customs again to get on and we fly down to Atlanta. Wow. Um, anyway, that, whenever I think of Mavs, Dirk, Game 6, LeBron choking, I kind of always think about that business trip. Uh, it was a good time. So, Okay. Um, I, yeah, but like you, uh, yeah, I thought they, I, I was all in like you, um, just wanted to see the heat kind of lose. I don't know. They, they were playing the heels and I was eating into it. I was buying into it. Yeah. Um, same question here. Now, if you recall after the Mavs won, um, the Mark Cuban didn't keep Tyson Chandler. He didn't keep JJ Barea. JJ, I think went off to Minnesota and Tyson went to New York Knicks. Mark Cuban was trying to preserve cap space 
for com- upcoming free agents like Dwight and like yeah, I think Dwight was actually who he was really trying to go go after in, in like a year or so, and. And that's actually why Jason Terry later went to Boston when he was a free agent because he said he couldn't forgive Mark for breaking up the team when they mm-hmm. just won a championship. And Mark was like, I'm not going to tie us down for years like that. Do you think like, okay, maybe it's a bit of a two questions that are kind of unrelated. It's like, number one, did you agree with that? Or maybe that, that's easy because you see what the results are. But two, like if they kept that same cast together, what are the chances of a repeat? Like two and a half percent. My yeah. my 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 think is my thinking is when a fighter late in his career is able to capture a belt, you know, and actually in pro wrestling as well because that's fake. But it, it's happened, and you know, George St. Pierre moved up to 185 pounds and had the right opponent and before that fight was even signed, everyone and their mother knew that this guy is going to win a championship and never defend it. And that's exactly what I thought of the Dallas Mavericks when the team blew apart and we never saw them come close to anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, whether it was intentional or orchestrated, it, it, it didn't matter. Um, that team was just never destined. I mean, to call it a fluke is, is not right, but right time right place all that it's like okay you guys are cashing in your money in the bank you have a lebron james that's still not sure of himself you have a miami heat that's going to win the next couple years but this is your window and you guys capitalize congratulations um they're certainly not a scrub team because they swept the defending champions so they they clearly had a great team but to sustain that was going to be over years yeah Yeah, to sustain that was going to be unrealistic so yeah, to, uh, so if Jason Terry feels that way, um, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know if he still feels that way to this day because, I mean, the writing on the wall suggests that, bro, your chances of repeating, even in the West, forget going to the NBA championships. I mean, OKC had another year to develop. I mean, you had all yeah. these teams that were just, you know, going to be. Suns, Thunder, still good. Yeah, still so. Good. Congratulations, you guys had your one and done. There's nothing wrong with that, but to still, even 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 the most hardcore Dallas Mavericks fans have to think that, you know, they they really had no chance of repeating. And I think you mentioned before that they read the difference between the 2016 Cavs and the 2011 Mavs is that there was closure with the 2011 Mavs. It was we got our we got our ring. It felt great. We stifled yeah. LeBron James' career, you know, by one year, um, <laughs> and and that's that's good enough for us, man. We're just gonna. But with the Cavs, it was like, oh, no, we're gonna lose another two years, right? Because we think we can still win this. So, um, yeah. it, it's it's really different. Do you think that no, even if the odds are against them, like if you're if you're a fan of the Mavs, like do you want to see them just still run back? as much as they can, whoever's still around and just, we're going to try and compete. We're not going to just let these guys go in free agency because we don't want to sign them. Like what would you do or want done? So, so Toronto is a good city for that, right? Because you know, you win world series, then you blow up the team the next year. Cause that's, that's what they did in 92 and 93. And then 
what they did in 94 and the Jays had to wait another 10 years. So it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of a Toronto thing for me. So I don't know how fickle Dallas people are, but I mean, I mean, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban is an a list owner in what a C level city. I mean, Dallas is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if this was football, they're America's team. But in basketball, okay, where, where do you, where do you put Dallas Mavericks in the pecking order? Are they You're, bottom okay. half or top half? So no, I mean, football is always going to be king in Texas. Um, love Friday Night Lights, by the way. Shout out, like, just that's a great TV show. Um, okay. And it's I forget who that writer was who covers Dallas, and he made that comment. We're we're kind of spilling into the other area. I wanted to talk about with uh, Dirk's legacy. Um, because he made the comment he thought Dirk is the the most prominent or important sports figure in Dallas history. And I was Jesus. gonna pass it to you because I know you're generally like a sports connoisseur and we're talking about a cowboys a city with the cowboys. Yeah. And even if you want to go smaller to your sports, you had Brett Hall who's in Dallas. So I was just wondering like Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, like do they trump Irvin, Dirk now? Yeah, that's uh, right. Don, Don, even there's Deion people Sanders. that Deion Sanders for two years, Don Landry, who was their coach or quarterback. Okay. I don't know. Everyone's always I so think yeah, his I mean comment is that Dirk was there for twenty years and all those guys. I were. see. So I don't know. Like it's um, fair. It's 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 okay. super fair. Um yeah, because Emmett left. And Troy and Michael Irvin just got old in Dallas, whereas Dirk kind of, Dirk in a lot of ways had a kind of the kind of the perfect career, right? Yeah. One championship, but his last year it was just he, he fades to black. But like, who cares? I, I don't know what Dirk's numbers were in his last year. Let's just say he averaged eight points a game. But Adam said was making fun of him running. But anyway, keep going. The point is, is that no one ever. Like he wasn't pushed out of the league. He just kind of left and he was celebrated. Um, he really had a distinguished career. I mean, just really clean cut, almost almost Jordan-esque because it was just so it was symmetrical without you know, with with half the awards that Jordan had. But the point is is that it was just a really clean career. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a Dirk Nowitzki career? So yeah. I mean, on and that in that respective, yeah. I mean, basketball is not king in Dallas. It's not king in Texas. Um, but if you're gonna rank professional Texas players, professional, I'd I'd say he's top ten. Yeah, popularity oh. notwithstanding, not even top five. What do you mean? Not oh, popularity? Top five? No, then then quite crack it. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm reading nitpickier between five and five. I'm, I'm just trying to think of baseball players. He, okay, so Dirk uh, is Nolan more Ryan. Famous. Totally forgot about these guys. Rafael Palmeiro. No. Dirk, 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 Dirk is way more famous than anything Dallas Stars hockey player, including Brett Hall. Like, yeah, that's okay. that's, that's not even so, yeah, for sure. Because the thing is, is I think the claim about him is about his visibility being the star of the Mavericks, the way he embraced, apparently he's embraced the city and he's still going to live there. And, um, and so, so it was an interesting point. I kind of was like, I have a feeling that cow some Cowboys fans are going to disagree with what he's saying, but anyway, just thought I'd mention it. His talking about his, his, okay. So he has his championship in 2011. 
it's very emotional for him. You see him break down. It's one of the most iconic images in, mm -hmm. the, in the time. So then Mark Cuban's blowing up the team to a degree, and he's convincing Dirk that now what I'm doing is, is I'm laying the groundwork to get uh, another free agent and we'll have a run, which doesn't really happen. And then it ends up sort of wasting Dirk's remaining years of his prime. Dirk won't leave. Dirk's like etched his place in Dallas history and gets to a point where he's just getting contracts because Mark is like, I'm going to show Dirk that I value his loyalty, like with the team he's mm -hmm. taking cuts and he will decide how he's going out and at what price and all that stuff, right? Like he just, I remember his famous interview, his famous, or Mark just said, Dirk's, Dirk does, Dirk will do what Dirk wants and it was going to be, that's how it was going to be. And he was just mm -hmm. showing the league, like this is how I'm going to treat the franchise this is, yeah is he's the franchise it's kind of an interesting last leg of his career like we can talk about the perfect end in a way and maybe it's just like he wins his championship and that's the pinnacle and after that like do you have to win more do you need to keep winning keep pursuing it keep chasing it even if it means going to other teams or are you just going to compete every year enjoy it have a good time because if I were to translate this to what it means to be a non-professional athlete, just someone who's in your career, we are further along in our careers now. We're like, if you were due to the math, we're kind of kind of halfway in terms of prime years. Like there's going to be a few years at the end where you're just sort of there. You're like Jamal Crawford or VC on the bench. Mm -hmm. And and it won't be that fun. But in terms of from now until then, this is like the prime. And it's a time to decide like do you how how much do you need to make to push things even if you're not fully i guess content whereas dirk seemed quite content like he achieved what he wanted to achieve which is he won his championship and now he was going to just reap the the benefit the pleasures of playing that's kind of what it felt like and look like if, that's, if, that's how i think of him and his legacy if it's it's all about perspectives i'm sure dirk was smart enough I don't know, pick a year, man, like 2014. He like training camp. There's no way we're winning an NBA championship, but he's going to go out. He's going to compete. He's probably an all-star that year. Um, but if suddenly in say, I don't know, like, so a couple years removed from his championship team, if all of a sudden um, Kevin Durant and James Harden join the Mavericks, um, yeah, he's going to get up and he's going to go from this content Dirk Nowitzki and be like, yeah, I'm, I have a chance to win again. So I'm, I'm going to do my part and, 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 and try and yeah. win a championship. Oh, yeah. So I, it's, it's, it's like, it's like anything else. Like, it. Because if you recall, no, but, as those years went by, he's, they still had Rondo and VC and, yeah. um, and I forget like other real vets coming in and they were trying to make a run. So, mm -hmm. but I just, he just, the itch that, it seemed like he was satisfied, you know. Of course, um, yeah. He wasn't going to upset. He wasn't going to obsess about something that a he already got, and b that he wasn't going to. Do you really think that he went to Mark Cuban and goes, oh, you know what? Let's let's really go after this guy. I can feel it this year. No, he, he probably <laughs> didn't have that conversation, right? Um, right? So yeah. Um, so Cuban's legacy. He, um. I, it's interesting. Like, I don't know about legacy because he's just going to be known for so much more than just owning the Mavericks. He's so all over the place, whether it's business or politics or social justice. Like, he's just he's, he's definitely out there, right? Yeah. And 
the the way he handled the Mavericks, this is what me just sharing how I, I'm thinking about him and how he kind of operates or thinks. And it's just a little bit of an idiosyncrasy. It's interesting. He had a chance to sign Steve Nash and he was worried that Steve Nash was going to age and it wasn't going to be a good signing. So he let Steve Nash walk in Phoenix. He had the chance after he won a championship to keep Tyson Chandler, but he let Tyson go and JJ Barea. And whether or not those are good, because now it wasn't good for Steve, because I mean, it wasn't good for the Mavs in terms of Steve, because Steve became a two-time MVP, but we didn't know that at the time. In terms of Tyson, he was a serviceable part of that Jeremy, um, <laughs> that Jeremy Lin Knicks team. Like, I mean, because he had a good one-two punch uh, with with in that in that era with Carmelo and Amari. Um, with Cuban, it. I remember listening to an interview. This is getting a bit of away from basketball because you know his business ventures after he basically got bought out of. I think it was Broadcom, and uh, it might have been Yahoo who bought it. And he had a whole bunch of Yahoo stock that was just soaring through the two thousands. And how he he was explaining how he got a bunch of money. And what he did was he was holding the stock. He was selling call options, which means that he this is like a protection that if the price goes down he will still make money off the price going down or he won't lose as much of the profit. And it was, he's, he's basically thinking, well, this is soaring up. It might go down later. It, it, it kind of has to, he ended up being right. He ended up making money mm. off of that. But it's interesting to think this little window into how he, how he approaches his decisions in business. It's just like calculated risk, conservative, not willing to take these chances. Like Nash just, well, he might start sucking and I don't want to be stuck with a bad contract. So, okay, let him go. Well, if I sign Tyson, it's going to be a bad contract and we can't get the future free agents and it might suck. So let's just, let's just play it safe. And it's just interesting. He always wants to just lay it up. He's not really going for it. If you ever seen Tim cup, he's not just going for it. And, um, it, it, I, don't know, I just thought it was kind of an interesting look into his, his mind. Um, I'm getting a bit esoteric there. I don't know if you have well, anything I, about I, Cuban. No, I, that's the funny thing. Uh, I don't know how much, of the basketball operation he really controls. I mean, is he okay. is he like part-time GM? Has he been like how, how much of that championship team did he construct? Um, no, you're right. There is that GM, Donnie Nelson, like the, yeah. the son of Don Nelson. So he my understanding though is that he's I mean, all the owners still have to sign off on everything. Like they're the ones yeah. whose signature sends out the checks. Um but you're right. It's not like he's the one who's doing all that orchestration. That's why he's hired like Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson. And they've still been in the same roles for the you, past 10 plus just, years now. You, you just brought up, uh, you just brought up uh, something that I was going to bring up, which is Rick Carlisle and um, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey basically made his name and got the Raptors job because here in yeah, Toronto, that's right. it was, hey, Guess who we got as our head coach? The mastermind of the defense that shut down LeBron <laughs> James. That's that's how it was. That's how it was sold. That's right. That's here right. in Toronto. Yeah. Um, Carlisle is still the coach, right? Present day, um, right? Am I am I getting that? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is still. He is still. And we and you know I'm I'm a big fan of long coaching tenures. I feel like he gets zero respect. I remember okay. when he was a coach yep. with hair, um, <laughs> and. Yeah, it's it's funny because of he's a man of few words. Every time they cut to him backstage, he's never saying that fiery speech. He's a pretty quiet guy. Um, I just 
I just figured he was an effective coach because yeah, he did win the one NBA championship and he's kind of been in the league ever since. So clearly, you know, and he's always like, had his 50 win teams, like, you know, really yeah. incredible teams, right? No exactly. What yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. If you're going to give Mavs, it, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you're going to give yeah. the Dallas Mavericks, if you're going to give them full marks for winning that NBA championship and, it, and you don't consider it a Miami loss, um, then yeah, then he he really he really gets zero credit at the end of the day. I was I was going to ask you that question here because Rick Carlisle, right? I don't people talk about those Mavs and Dirk, but I don't know. Even though people know he's a champion, Rick Carlisle is a champion. It doesn't seem like they say NBA champion head coach the way they say for okay. Eric Spoelstra won multiple times, but Nick Nurse gets lauded. Um, but I don't know Rick Carlisle gets the same kind of no. treatment. So no, Nick, Nick Nurse in one run. Nick Nurse in yeah. one run. Uh, I mean, he yeah. he gets played up way more than I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know why you don't like Nick Nurse. He's actually no, really no. Good. I, I, I listen. I, I I'm I've come to his defense. It's been what week three now since the Raptors got eliminated, and they're still talking a bit of stuff about him. Um, no, I've, I've come to the defense of Nick nurse. Uh, the, the point okay. is, is that he got, um, he, you know, he's kind of this prodigy, right? Nick nurse, because, and to be fair, a lot of first year coaches get that, especially if they're, um, you know, uh, there's been a couple of NHL coaches that have won, um, Stanley cups in their first year and they get that instant rub and Nick nurse is getting it right now. But okay. yeah, there's, there's there's no way Rick ever got that in his entire career. Now here's the two, there's the second part of this question I was going to ask you is Do you think Jason Kidd gets enough credit as an NBA champion? No, no, he doesn't. And I don't he, think he does. He gets he, credit he as being should. Hall of Fame point guard, but I don't yeah. think like people really say, "Hey, you know, Hall of Famer Jason Kidd." I mean, sorry, yeah, because, uh, NBA champion Jason Kidd. Yeah, because I think a lot of people think that you know Jason Terry was was you know okay. was was the real king of the backcourt there and um yeah okay. i mean the f- it's like how do i compare it um he, he kind of gets that he kind of gets that rub where okay is jason kid the final piece or um would it not have made a difference like it just it just needed you just needed sean marion and and uh, Jason Terry to have really good defensive, yeah, b- both two way series, right? You did need them, right? Because Kid was the one who came in two thousand eight, and then those other guys came in subsequent years leading up to twenty eleven. So yeah. it was all it was ensemble cast. It's like the Departed with uh, Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon, everyone showing up. So that's, that's the way it should win. be. That that's how I would like it to be remembered. I don't know if it is, but yeah, I remember Jason Kid. Like I I watched that series right again, cheering against Miami and um and and he he played I, it, there's there's no way you can convince me even in retrospect that Jason Kidd didn't hold up his end of okay. the bargain in that series and then uh, this other question here came to mind if the Lakers somehow didn't get swept and they actually beat the Mavs like they were supposed to and get to the finals like they were supposed to whatever internal strike would you think they would have beaten the heat it's possible, yeah, because um, I, think I think they would have. I, I, yeah, I think Kobe would have shown, you know, LeBron. It's like, hey, man, let me show you how it's done. You're not going to win this year, but just, just, just watch me. Very much like, uh, 
Hollywood Hulk Hogan and The Rock, right? It's like, let, let me show you how to work. <laughs> let me show you how to work a sold out Sky Dome in Toronto. And then <laughs> you get the next one, right? And then, you know, they did hook up again. And, and so it's, it's, and, it's just a master class also, that might have to go on. Yeah. Yeah, they also had Phil Jackson versus Eric Spolstra. They had the 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 memory of two championships the years prior, and I think what it was generally a more complete or balanced team in the Lakers versus the Heat, who was in year one. So mm-hmm. I, I was just fully expecting to see a Kobe LeBron matchup and for the Lakers to win. I don't know. I feel like that's one of the great losses of NBA history that we didn't get to see that happen. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, like kind of the last point, we're getting to LeBron's legacy here. So, um, first question off the bat. Actually, you know what? Before I ask you questions, you tell me. Like, what did you have in mind? You were gonna, you've been saving it up about LeBron's legacy. The more I, the more people say that LeBron choked in key <laughs> okay. possessions and key thing. I'm more inclined to think. Look, um. And we see it every day. We see it now in, in the 2020 COVID, you know, bubble, you know, re- rest of the regular season and playoffs and whatnot, that um, LeBron James is not going to go down as the best scorer in NBA history. He's probably going to go down as the best, you know, complete basketball player. He's uh, he, okay. IQ and, and all this. Um, so with that said, it would it'd be consistent with that, persona that he you know he's in the second he's in the second finals appearance except this time he's not alone he's got he's flanked by two really good players and a way more complete team it it almost makes sense that yeah i could see him coming up short right the it's not that the lights were too bright it's that too much was put on him uh you like making comparisons to like all your little you know, business companies out there. You might have a really talented person, but if, if he's not in the proper role, he's not okay. going to succeed. And you're right. Yeah. Dwayne Wade should have been the score. He should have been late game or key possession type things. And LeBron could have been more of a, a distributor like we see him now. And if the shot comes to LeBron, the shot comes to LeBron, but, but maybe Dwayne Wade should have been option one. But I think a lot was put on LeBron and even Dwayne Wade kind of conceded. It's like, yeah, Miami heats my team, but LeBron's in town. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, he, he's got shotgun type of thing. Right. So I'm less inclined to say that LeBron choked okay. only because I've seen series where he's been forced to be. I mean, we saw that one series where the Cavs had no one, right. Everyone was injured. You had some Australian as their point guard and he had to average <laughs> triple double just to lose. I mean, we've we've seen LeBron being cornered and had to be that guy and still come up short. I think we've seen too much of LeBron James to say this guy's actually capable of choking. It's just, yeah, it just wasn't right fit, man. It was just like, look, the Cavs had a particular set of um, a had a game plan and and were ready to win that year. And the Cavs, sorry, the 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 Heat, Mavs, yeah, okay, the Heat. Yeah, the Mavs were yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. The the, the Mavs were prime they, they had a good enough team to win an NBA championship. That that's for sure. So in other words, if you didn't come to play, they were gonna steal your lunch. But on the other side, the flip side, the Miami Heat, it's like 
you know, you want to bring it all to, you know, you want to talk about entourage and who was playing the role. Well, LeBron probably should not have been playing that role. He, he should not have had plays drawn up for him at that, at that point. And I know the counter argument is like, well, Kobe would have taken the last shot. Kobe was the best player. He's supposed to take the last shot. And, and Michael's supposed to be, uh, Michael's the best player and he would have taken the last shot. Yeah. But that's the difference between all their legacies. That's what makes LeBron unique. That's why you have to, you know, that's why Michael is, uh, that's why Michael and Kobe, because they're scores first and foremost, um, their pitch of being greatest of all time is almost easier than LeBron because LeBron, he still doesn't kind of have a defined role, right? I mean, I, I, Le yeah. Le LeBron, LeBron's in his 17th year and we don't know what to make of him. Is he really like, is, is, should he have been a point guard because he's such a good passer? What if he focused more on his defense? Um, what if he worked on his three point shot earlier in his career? I mean, we still don't know what to make of LeBron James and this guy's entering his, his 10th finals. So, um, I, I, so, just, I, I just don't see him as a choker. I, I, I don't know how else to spell it. I don't know if I've made a good enough case, but I don't see him as a choker. Game four, eight points. Was that choking? Eight. Uh, yeah, it's a bad game. I mean, okay, so so here in Toronto, we had, you know, Kyle Lowry scored zero points against. against <laughs> um, and, and now, as we speak, I don't know if you've heard, but city council is – trying to make preliminary plans to erect a statue of Kyle Lowry. <laughs> so yeah, okay. it's, it's apparently okay. in the budget for 2022. So yeah. Okay. Eight points. I mean, all right, fine. Like, okay. He okay. didn't show up that day, but, but, but to label a guy, a choker. Um, yeah. It's just, it was a weird set of circumstances that he corrected the very next year. Yeah. So I think LeBron, the challenge is, and you, as you point out, is that be it's funny whenever guys have more skills like they just keep they're just so good that they're a, they're a guard who can dunk or they're a big man who can shoot threes like whenever they have these extra skills that you wouldn't have traditionally had this was back in the 2000s now all these guys just do everything but mm -hmm. then it was like now you're applying a certain expectation or standard for lebron that you wouldn't have if let's say he just didn't have a three-point shot because mm -hmm. if it was 10 years prior a guy that big just wouldn't do that you wouldn't have a play for Shaq to have a three-point shot. You would have just, like, he'd be there to rebound. That's basically what, what So now because LeBron can do some of this stuff, you're expecting to, and then you're judging him accordingly, which maybe is not fair. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like in school if someone is being graded harder by the teacher because you know that they were going to write a better essay. Yeah. But they'll give an maybe they'll give that person a B plus. You're like, well, that should have been an A plus if you're judging me. It was the other guy gets a, a, like a, a C plus when he just sort of put something together really quickly, right? So yeah, um, I think that he, it's, he doesn't, I don't know. I, I, I do think that he didn't necessarily have the killer gene in him. And whereas Kobe and Jordan did, you're right. Now it's funny though, in terms of Kobe, I, I can't have the stat off the top of my head, but if you were to look at how he was in those moments, like it actually didn't bear out that well, statistically, apparently. Like it just, we remember these really iconic images of the shots he had. That's the, that's the power of storytelling and narrative, whether it's audio or visual. But in terms of the actual shots he made, apparently it wasn't as high as you would think compared with contemporaries like LeBron. Um, so I think that. And, 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 and if I, so, 
I mean, look at Kobe's last game. He he went off for sixty. Yeah. To, if you have to, if you tell Michael Jordan, Michael, we have to win today's game, he'll probably say, "Okay, I probably have to have. I probably got to go for forty tonight." And you tell Kobe, Kobe, really got to win tonight. So, mm, I really got to go for forty as well. You tell LeBron James, we have to win tonight. He's probably thinking, "All right, I need twelve assists." I need to grab eight rebounds, probably a couple offensive. I got to try and grab a steal in the first half, and I'll be okay with 28 points. But if you tell LeBron James, LeBron, you have to score 40 points tonight. Do I win? doesn't matter. Score for Like, people, let's, you know, stop stop calling this guy like this. Like, like LeBron James can score 40 points if you want to every night. I'm, I'm quite convinced yeah. of that. He, he's, um, he's actually going one step deeper than what you're saying. He's also thinking, okay, that 12 assists, it's like three have to go to – like Della Vadova and exactly. the three point line, and then one has to go into Anderson for a dunk because that'll get him going first. He'll play defense after, um, you know, like and that's, like that's, and, and that and that's why that stupid line that gets used so often. <laughs> but it's very it's very it's very apropos for him. Is you know he's out there playing chess and everyone's playing checkers. I actually do believe that. Maybe LeBron gets too much in his own head. Maybe Spolster's got to be like, bro, just. Just like we're going through you for everything. Just score if you have to. If you miss three in a row, that's okay. We're going through you. Yeah. Because you I, know Kobe, because because Kobe had no problem missing three in a row. He did it quite often. <laughs> um, but yeah. but LeBron's not like that. So again, you're right about the kid that gets graded harder because he has this extra potential. Um, that is exactly LeBron, and that was the epitome of his failed run in 2011. Now, last question then. If he had, if the Heat had won that 2011 series, and let's say, forget the eight-point game, like he played good in other games. Let's say they win the ring. Do you think that the idea of LeBron being a choker doesn't stick with him the way – it stuck with him for years. Oh, like, even years. In the fall, even when they were playing like the Boston Celtics in that series and like there was that game six where he erupted. But like leading up to that, the, the Celtics were up like 3-2, I think. Or sorry, two one. I forget what the series was, but it looked like the Celtics were actually going to put away the Heat. And there was questions about Ken LeBron. Is he just not mentally strong enough? And this happened. This mm-hmm. this actually happened in subsequent series. And I wonder if it's just because people had such an indelible memory about the 2011 like loss to the Mavs. Do you think that that changes? It would have changed the narrative around him for the next say five to ten years. Yeah, it's 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 possible, um, but. LeBron's also on the shortest leash because Kobe lost a lot. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that 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 game that Kobe lost against Boston, um, that game, uh, whatever that game was. I don't, oh. I don't know if it went to a game seven, but the one that sent the Lakers home and Boston won their championship. Yeah, it was game six, yeah. I mean, that would have been that would have been curtains for LeBron James to be smoked like that. And but no, everyone's like, oh yeah, this is this is the classic American redemption story. Watch Kobe get them next year. I mean, give me a break. LeBron never would have <laughs> had that, right? I mean, LeBron's been called a choker pretty much ever since that people forget that Kobe had all his shortcomings. And, you know, people just creatively weave through Michael's career and ignore the 80s. Um you know, ignore him getting beat up by the Celtics and uh, and uh, and the Pistons, and just associate him as just no. He's just he's just a flawless winner, right? So, um, so it's possible that um, it's possible that LeBron would not have been branded a choker right away, but 
the the second that he loses the year that he's a favorite, yeah, he would have been branded a choker, and it would have it would have stuck with him. It just goes back to LeBron just having such a unique career where, you know, him coming out of high school the way he did, looking the way he did, dominating the way he did. Um, it just never endeared him to a certain certain caliber of, of fans and okay. an, 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 an internet fan. Maybe the internet era didn't help as well. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this, this guy... This guy was always going to have this kind of heat regardless. He would have had to have a perfect okay. career, and there's no such thing as a perfect career. I think that's a good way to end it, my man. Um, so, everybody, if you got any questions or feedback or you've got any thoughts on LeBron's legacy or whether the Mavs should have broken up or just if they did the right thing, uh, please reach out to us at bayheightspod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us and get us on Instagram at bayheightspod. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care.